0: Coucou tout le monde. Hi everybody. Salut Maranda, ça va? Oui, ça va bien. Ça va super bien toi? Ça va, (laughs)
1: ça va. We're just kidding. This isn't in French. We'll be speaking in English for the rest of this episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That being said, it's not that we haven't had French in our lives. I've spoken more French this week than I have in a long time,
1: and I feel like I've
0: been more French this week than I've been in a long time. (laughs) I only say that because I made a to play with Pierre. Oh, yeah. We went all out. It was great. Nice. Nice. Oh. Not as hard as you, you think, man. You for me one of these days. Oh, I will. That will happen. I will have your tomato tart, and then you can have my cheese souffle. I
1: know. It's my fave. <laughs> <laughs> Well, today we're kind of doing a fun special episode because this episode is coming out on our friendiversary.
0: Yeah, oh, all the feels! I'm so excited. I think we can talk about our friendship, which is the best thing ever, and then we can also talk about the program that brought us together to be in in France. And yeah, I I love tapif. that. Peace. Yes, uh, which is still you know, going strong, and I'm sure they are still looking for assistance. <laughs>
1: Especially in our, our region.
0: <laughs> we'll get into all of that. I'm really excited to talk about this. So I feel like it will be easiest to start with, like, how did we meet?
1: Well, we met at orientation for our teaching assistance program in France, and we met in Nancy four years ago. Like, holy cow, it's been four years. Yeah. That's craziness. Since a lot of things, but like living abroad. But anyways, yeah, we met literally on the sidewalk going to lunch. Yeah. I remember yeah. very
0: clearly. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, so Tapif is a program that brings people from like a bunch of different countries to France to teach their native, native language. Exactly. So it's kind of great because the first day is an orientation that you have in Nasi, or at least we—you have in the the capital of your region. So for us, that was Nancy. Um mm-hmm. and that's how we met, which was great because everybody is so nervous on these days. Like it is such a scary time. You've gotten had good travel experiences, like myself, or horrible travel experiences, like yourself, and like finally <laughs> gotten to uh, to Europe, and yeah, it's really like. I don't know, it feels like middle school, first day of school all over again. Definitely.
1: I did not feel prepared to be a teacher, I'm not going to lie. I felt Ugh. like I was the student on on the first day, and we were like supposed to be preparing to teach people. But it was interesting because it was all of the assistants, so there was many different languages. You had English, Spanish, German.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I think there was Italian ones as well. I think so. No, they have quite
1: a few. And, like, the best part is with the English, we come from so many different countries. You're from Canada, I'm from the U.S., there's Indian assistants, Irish, English, South African. So, they get all sorts of different English accents, uh, which I think some are harder than others. I was told my American accent's quite hard to understand, apparently. They prefer English. It's easier. It must be what they hear the most. Kind of like we're used to Peruvian accents because of...
0: Yeah, and um, I think yeah. a lot of a lot of I think English teachers uh, go to England to like learn their English or to have some yeah. sort of like year abroad. So a lot of their teachers speak that language. Yeah, which makes makes a lot of sense. Like I would go, yeah, take a two-hour flight if I <laughs> was trying to learn instead it of crossing but, oceans and continents. We're not that lucky, but um, yeah, yeah. So I think you're right. I was told that my accent was. Uh, a couple times there were things where people would say okay well she said that the way she says that but you guys shouldn't say it like that <laughs> but yeah i also knew a guy who was from birmingham and like that's not an easy accent for someone to get accustomed to so it was that's but it I was said. very it was very interesting because i mean they're all authentic accents right like mm-hmm. it's fr- it's your native language so yeah but no we met going to lunch on that day yes which is
1: like, ironically, my neighborhood where I currently live, like I walk on the sidewalk where we've met so many times because it's the opposite side of the park from where I am, which is hilarious to me every time. Because like, I did not think four years ago, I was so lost, I took a really roundabout way, I could not figure out how to get to this place. And now it's, you know, home. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's, it's, yeah, it's anyway. And so, we, yeah, we met on the street and we just, I just turned to you and was like. Par par anglais, I think I said
1: yeah <laughs> well, you said you yeah. asked me if I spoke English which yeah. to be fair not everyone did so yeah,
0: well that's and how we met <laughs> yeah and and from there I mean you were not in Nancy at that time as we've mentioned yeah. like you were in Gerard and I was in Saarburg and so it was actually kind of complicated but we met in Nancy again throughout that year yeah we met in
1: Nancy but we also met in Strasbourg I feel like Oh that's we right. Had, that like, was the
0: first time. Yeah, our yeah, you're right.
1: steins together
0: in oh, Alsace. That's when we truly fell in friendship. It was
1: the I, la- like the- It was like it was love <laughs> at first sight for friends. It was just so great. But it was one enough gushing about us, I'm sure we'll come up yeah. again. So for those interested in Tapif, you do have to be less than thirty three years old. Mm-hmm. And I think most people have degrees. Like yes. we did it after graduating as kind of a gap year before entering the labor force. I know some people, especially the English assistants, they did quite a few gap years between their third and fourth years of study. Yes. To become a teacher. So it depends, but I do know there is an age cutoff. Mm -hmm. Also, there is not really a salary. It's just a living stipend. So that means you don't make a lot of money. No. But you do get a sponsored visa. yes and And, you only
0: work part-time and the thing is um we were very lucky and i i was very lucky where i did not pay rent to live on campus yeah like we did not pay rent to live on campus at our schools so that is a huge chunk of your money that you aren't spending i know some of the english assistants from england like decided that this was a year where they would just take a loss because the experience was so great Um, And they got like actual apartments and they weren't making money, but it was like covering some of their costs and they were just basically um, taking it at a loss, which, which like is fair because it's such a learning experience. And for people who want to be teachers, it's invaluable experience. Yes. And I should say
1: that it's rare and I do think they changed the rules actually for assistance. I don't think it's possible to not pay rent anymore. And it really depends on your region. I'll yes. just use normal colloquial words instead of complicated <laughs> ones, but it depends because I know the people that are in the south of France, like in Marseille and Nice, they have different rules and obviously the rents are going to be much higher. So people do need to think ahead and potentially bring savings because yeah. your stipend will be wiped out by any kind of lodging, you know, in the, in Paris or in well, other cities. Well, I
0: was just about to say, I remember the, in the application, they would say, you know, the stipend is, is, is meager. Like, it is meant... It's a living par- stipend. This is but, not a salary. But part of that is also that, like, you are not working often. Like, you're working 12 hours a week. So, compared to, like, a regular 40-hour-a-week job in the United States, like, you're working really part-time. Okay, but
1: let's, hold on, let's (laughs) do a little pause, because in France, the work is 35 hours. Yeah. Teachers work 18 hours. That's full time. So we were actually at two thirds. We were working 66% of a teacher's time.
0: Okay, now I'm going to go against my labor brethren and uh, (laughs) past and just say the only difference I would say is that it was not meant we were not meant to be teachers i we were assistants no we were assistants and yeah. the part that i find is that teachers have a lot as we know this is the same in um north america teachers have a lot of time that isn't counted like that's 18 hours in the classroom that does not count the time that they mm-hmm. have to mark things and prep things and like get ready for class right. so Part of that is like they work more than eighteen hours because they prep classes, and they mark. They yeah, so have to things. meet with
1: parents quite regularly, and
0: yes, and, and we so can get so into that because like it's very different. They're so rigorous in the the like dealing with every child and like looking at their performance is much more rigorous in my experience. In France yeah so like I didn't have to prepare a lot for my classes I know that you did like you were <laughs> you had to prepare quite a bit I did I,
1: <laughs> I I really I... didn't
0: like 12 but... hours to me was like I probably did 45 minutes of prep work for a week like I did not I because I could just my job was to have conversation classes so I would come up with games and questions That would just have we would just have conversation groups for thirty minutes. Like it was not complicated. It was, and I I rarely had a full classroom of kids.
1: Yeah, mine was a bit different. I got (laughs) instructions on some very complex topics. So whatever they were learning in English class, I was supposed to supplement. So I actually did have to do quite a bit of prep work. And we covered oh some of these subjects. Oh my god! System. Oh my god! Women's (laughs) history. Immigration. Oh, this is my favorite. The very last thing we covered close to the school year was immigration in the United States from its beginning to the present. That That is the history of the United States. Yes, that is. How am I supposed to fit that into a 30-minute yeah. thing? And then, whew, oh, I mean, I did Black Lives Matter back oh. in 2017, you know, so we were, we were doing some real subject work. We had, you know... All sorts of things. We had some fun times, too. We talked about advertising, so I showed them all Super Bowl commercials, and we broke that down. We we also did um, uh, American uh, like High School, like that everyone oh. wants to hear about American prom. So many people want to hear about prom.
0: Do you know what the thing is, though? We had very... We can talk about this as well. Like The problem sometimes with representing a country or even a language is that the experiences, as we say, are so different. I mean, someone in Birmingham, someone in Mm -hmm. Chicago, someone in like Vancouver, completely different experiences. And you and I had very different high school experiences. So when they asked me about my high school experience, it came off very North American. And I came off very Canadian because I happen to like a lot of stereotypically Canadian things. But I know that they asked you like, the big thing is, do you wear uniforms? Because French kids don't, but their image of not high school... Since 1968. <laughs> but their image of like high school is through British schools where they do wear uniforms. They asked you, and obviously in most of North America, kids do not wear uniforms. Yeah, but I did.
1: You know? <laughs> <laughs> I wore a uniform for the majority of my schooling. Not every school, but most of it.
0: Yeah. But that's because you went to Catholic school. <laughs> yeah.
1: And my uniform was not cute like the British school children. It was everyone wore khakis and oxards and polos. Three colors max. So Yeah. <laughs> very not fun. But anyways, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it is very hard. And I think that's part of the challenge with Tapif is you, you go online and you search blogs and podcasts and videos and Instagram accounts because you get sucked. So, so little information, you have no idea what you're going into. I and mean, it's kind of a big jump, you know, you're so low, you're having you know, might be graduating, might be leaving a job, who knows? Going to a foreign country by yourself. They basically are like, show up on this day, good luck getting here, good luck finding things and yeah, no no pre coursework. I we didn't have any kind oh, of no. online module or seminar. No. It nope. would be helpful. But yeah, I think a lot of people struggled. The cultural, the culture shocks are
0: definitely real. Yeah, let's They're talk hard. about that. Like, what were your biggest culture shocks? Because everyone prepared me for that being like, it's going to be a shock. Like, you're going to be, and I knew it would be a shock for me because it was a smaller place, but it was much more the yeah, cultural you went aspects. From
1: Toronto and Ottawa <laughs> to like rural France. <laughs> yeah, I
0: went from never having lived in a place less than a million people to a town of 10,000. That was hard. But it was hard in some ways, but it was honestly that's more like, what, the cultural. Like literally. Literally <laughs> my high school was 13, 1300 people. And that like, yeah, it was anyway. <laughs> um, So like, tell me what your biggest like culture shocks were, because I think that there's a difference between location differences and like culture.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think that's interesting because I had already done an exchange experience in France. So I think my culture shocks We're definitely present, but maybe Mm -hmm. slightly different than someone that hadn't. And I know you did a cultural exchange in Germany. Right. So maybe very similar if we had experiences, but it still doesn't prepare you as an adult on your own. I think that's the hardest thing is the transition of, you know, like I got to get a phone and a bank and figure this out. And France is a completely different system. It's hard. Luckily, my colleagues were very helpful and Mm -hmm. I got some good advice, but... That was definitely difficult. The best part is trains. I think that was the biggest cultural shock.
0: I agree. Because when I arrived,
1: I could not figure out how to, I could not figure out the trains to save my life. It was the worst experience.
0: Oh my God, we have opposite experience. We don't have
1: commuter trains outside of the Eastern Corridor and the wine train in California. Like, (laughs) I don't know. You know, I arrive, I have, you know, my suitcase. I've just moved to France. I'm all alone, a little bit emotional. And I've gotten myself from the airport to the train station, uh, which that was already, That's you know, feat. required the RER or the everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I was successful. Sweating because, you know, you're lugging everything around. It's heavy. And uh, I didn't realize that the trains didn't post uh, until 20 minutes before yeah. departure. So you, you don't know. So I'm just sitting there like lost, thinking I, I've missed my train. Finally, I see it post. I'm like, oh. All right, so then I make my way to the, the voie de K what? Yeah, the, uh, I
0: feel like British you know. people
1: say K and platform, train platform. There sorry. you go. There's French, English, English. Um. I was
0: with you. I was like, I don't know, but
1: like, yeah. Yeah, anyways, got on. Didn't realize there were numbered cars. So I just like got on the train and like started looking for my seat number. Couldn't find it. Got so lost. I'm like lugging these huge bags with me. I can't figure well, out. Well, yeah. I finally, someone was like, "Oh, you put them here," so I put them there. But then I realized because I was like, "Oh, I think you're in my seat." He's like, "Ah, oh, no, madam. I'm like, that's like three cars ahead. Like, you're in the wrong <laughs> car." I was like, "Oh, lord!" But like by that time, we had already departed. I'm not taking right. my like, giant suitcases through three trains. And then I found my seat, and like there was a nursing mother in it. and I'm, like, oh. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother her like, right she can have my seat so i spent the whole train ride which was two and a half hours sitting by my bag in like the foldable chair like by the doors because
0: i was <laughs> too scared
1: oh uh, yeah so it was a it was an experience
0: i so i'm gonna to say, say i have the opposite experience in the sense of like yes they were a little hard to figure out when i first Got there, but the system of trains in France is wonderful. Like it is, you oh, can now go I love it. Now everywhere. I'm like, like you can go anywhere you want to. It's insane. I got yeah. a train to my tiny town, which I know you didn't have a train station, I but like. But I was shocked. The I didn't of my existence. I didn't think that I would have a train station. I was like, Guys, Yours was really
1: well connected.
0: You had power really lines, well, man. <laughs> we had we had a TGV that went right to Charles de Gaulle from my town, which is shocking. Anyway, it's so lucky. Yeah, I was I was, that was very surprised. That was a big, right that was a big that. culture shock for me. Was like, oh my god, I'm in a tiny town, but I can go anywhere I want because in. In Canada, the thing I've always disliked about tiny towns is that I don't drive. And if you don't drive, you cannot go anywhere. You have no options. Like, there's just nothing. Yeah. And and that's not true in France. That's something I actually still very much miss. Because even in in Canada, our train system is like... Even in big cities, it's not great.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that was hard, too, as an American who had a car. It was very mm-hmm. hard not to have a car, especially in my town because I lived on a mountain. So literally to go to the grocery store, I had to walk down the mountain, which was fine. <laughs> but the worst was like hiking back up, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's you always. only worst. do grocery shop. First of all, the apartment is super tiny. Like the kitchen is like a micro fridge that I had to share with another assistant. So not doing a big shop, but I had to lug the heavy bag back up the mountain. So I mean, like, yes, my green footprint, carbon footprint, is much smaller since I've been in Europe. Yeah. But that was also a hard transition of being used to driving myself around to go places and, and get things
0: done was not happening. I think this is the next one though. I like listeners of the podcast know how much of a food, how much like we are foodies. We are really we yes. love food. And food is always a culture shock no matter where you go. But like, yeah, the fridge, when I first got into the apartment, I was like, where's the rest of it? This is the bar fridge that I had yeah. in, like, my this dorm is for room. my beer like, and Perrier. <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? And the thing that I got really used to in France, which I'm guilty of quite a lot now, is I used to shop, like, every two days. Like, I just, weekly mm-hmm. shopping, which was normal. Like, even in, in, I think in North America, I, my family often went, like, every two weeks. I mean, you can't shop for, like, a week. It's just not possible. Like, it's, I don't think anybody does it. Like, and so, I don't know. That was a big change for me. A big change was milk. I've talked about this before, but, like, milk in France is in... Okay, it's, but Canada puts
1: milk in bags. So, like, you're coming from okay. a weird place. Like, let's be honest. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to accept that. That's really rude. Bagged and milk, Amanda. Explain okay. this. <laughs> Okay, but it uses less plastic than your gigantic gallons that you get at, like, CVS. Like, it's, like, way... Anyway, um, it's weird. I know it's weird, but, like, it's just... I'm not saying gallons are the better way. I'm just saying
1: it's weird to see a liquid in a bag.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't discount that. And now I buy my milk in bottles because it's more environmentally friendly um, because they can reuse the bottles. But, (laughs) like yes i i accept that that's weird but like in france they have ultra pasteurized milk so it's it's not refrigerated when you first get yeah. it and the second you open it you have to use it within like two or three days which is weird and i don't like and everybody was really intense about that they were like oh as soon as you open it like you like you really need to use it and i was like that's weird i, I don't know i'm
1: not a huge milk drinker i'm sorry <laughs> to the u.s system of marketing of I Got Milk and all their campaigns and government-sponsored programs, but I'm not a big milk fan, so let my country down on that.
0: Yeah. I I think wine was a big one because people drink drink wine more frequently, but less of it, I find. And it was like in the
1: canteen for the professors. Oh my gosh, yeah. On our tables. Also, being young and not making a lot of money, the fact that you could buy a good bottle of wine for literally nothing was great.
0: Yeah, like, four-year-old wines, and you're like, okay, like, this is made in Alsace, like, which is crazy, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah, that was definitely a, a switch. It was definitely different. Yeah, it's it's wearing off. I mean, <laughs> I think we can talk about that, too, because um, I, I, do, I do think that, like, integration into a new culture is an interesting Uh, experience and I don't necessarily think that the first like one year of tapif makes you super integrated but I also do feel like there is nothing like completely living in a place for seven months like the the exposure that that gets you to culture is like nothing else and so it's not that like obviously the more time you spend in any place makes you um understand it more but mm-hmm. um but I think that like the Tapif is a great program because it gives enough time for you to really right. like understand at least like what living there is actually like because I, mean, like you I def- get
1: the foot in the door professionally because I think that's mm-hmm. also hard or not necessarily hard but something that people miss when you go to a place and you know, you're there for three months, four months, and you're not working is you don't understand the rituals or the half of someone's life. Like we spend most, the majority of our times at work, unfortunately, for most Mm -hmm. people. And so that's a huge part of the culture that you're missing. And I think getting to work in a school, it helped me see how kids are raised in their Mm -hmm. education system. And that's really different, you know, and I'm super happy that if one day I have French kids, that I can at least guess what, what they're doing. I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. I know the system. Like, I've talked to other people that live in France that aren't from here. And they don't even know what grade their kids are in. Because they're like, right. oh, oh, my gosh. I don't know well, the system. Like, they're in this year. And I'm like, at least I know the system. At least I know what, how teachers are are like and what they expect of students. And then yeah. I got the experience of being a university student. Which yeah. was super different, but mm-hmm. that is important for understanding the culture because I think how a country teaches and educates its future says a lot about it. I think I've mentioned this in another mm. episode, but I I do think it really lets you into a little bit of the psyche of a country.
0: I think that that's very accurate. Yeah i I think that like I mean, first of all, on those for those parents, like it's ridiculous, the system, you count backwards, and then there are, you don't even start from, like, nine. Not, not, like, it's just, it doesn't make, the, the grade system doesn't make any sense. So that's not totally your fault. But um, <laughs> I agree with you that, like, learning and seeing through kids, especially because I worked in a middle school as well, like, seeing from, like, age 10 to 17, you really get a sense of, like, how the culture affects young people. And Mm -hmm. I think you can see the differences like really starkly when they're, when people like kids are that age. So for me personally, it was a great opportunity to improve my French. That was the biggest thing. Like professionally, it was good and it definitely looks good on a resume to not have just done nothing. (laughs) Like I definitely didn't have gaps, which was good. I think that the best part is that I now get a bilingualism bonus in for the, you know, public service because my French was improved such to the point that I could say I'm bilingual and not feel uncomfortable about that, which it wasn't when I finished university. I felt like, yeah, I speak French better than my boyfriend, like better than people who kind of speak French, but I didn't feel confident talking to a French person. And you get real comfortable talking to French people when you're in tapif. But I also
1: think it probably depends. Like we were also the only assistants in our areas. Like I was the only assistant in my town. And so there are people in Paris or even Nancy or Metz that there were 30 or 35 and they might've hung out more and spoken more English. Yeah, that's true. I spoke English with you guys, but we didn't see each other every day. So there were days I did not speak English and I interacted more with French people on a daily basis. So I think that might've helped was our experience and where we're located and part of the program is getting to choose you get to rank your your regions of preference i actually did not get my first region of preference so i did not
0: either where where was yours
1: alsace uh that was like apparently alsace is one of the most
0: most asked for yeah i mean i my my reasoning was that i also spoke some German, German and had just had a German experience, and I was like, "This would be great! Like, it would, you know, it would be a best both of both worlds." Of your languages, but I love where I was put. You know, honestly, it Me couldn't too. have been better. It was an absolute dream. Like, I think anyone that placed Nolsimas on their list
1: got it because no one I'm wants sure. to come here. I think that the moment we put it, no matter what order it was, it was already because they're always looking for more. They never fill the spots here. They. Some you know some get filled right away. They always have wait lists and and that. But obviously, I'm happy I I got placed here because I met my partner. So yeah. maybe, who knows what my life has
0: been like. It it yeah. There's there's definitely like I think that there's misconceptions not misconceptions but there are generalizations about France and so people pick based on that. So like people want to be in Bordeaux, people want to be mm-hmm. in Burgundy, people want to be in Alsace because of wine you know people have Ville, heard in about the south
1: because of be good weather and right
0: nice places like they think that that's it's kind of the party capital and then you have like paris and everyone is romanticizing paris and so i think like yeah i it was really cool to be placed in a, in a place where i didn't have like a pop culture reference for it at all so i really got to know it based on what it was and my experiences instead of I think it might be hard to go to a place that you were expecting something of and then it was like not wine region all the time you know or like yeah like it was not always perfect i mean i know in my second year one of the things that i got exposed to that was difficult was like I, i made real french friends and, like, I got more exposed to racism in France than I was in my first year. I had a nice little bubble in my first year where everyone was lovely and everyone was nice. And the second year, like, that shine came up a little bit more. And this isn't to say that, you know, France is racist, but it is to say that, like, you can miss those parts if you're not looking. Also, and the second your region year,
1: is kind of known <laughs> for being... Uh... yeah. I would say you were in the region where that might be more prevalent than others.
0: Yeah. But again, like my first year, I really didn't feel that I heard it any more so than you would by anyone who is like 60 and says stupid things, right? Like it was sort of like, okay, that was a little, you know, but it was like always a joking thing. And then my second year, it really became obvious that like, oh, that's, I really don't agree with that. Or like, that's, uh, you're saying that because you feel comfortable with me as a white person to say these things. And so, you know, more time always makes you integrate more. Some of that is great. Some of that is like I made friends that I'll have for the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. some of it is um is taking the shine off of or, uh, you know, your rose-colored glasses. Like,
1: yeah, the shine has definitely come off for sure. <laughs> but
0: as I said dead a voice. <laughs> we love France. We love France. But there are, you know, it, it becomes... I also love Canada. And there are also lots of things I love about Canada I say, that I miss I, so much when yeah, I was in I'm France. I'm proud to
1: be an American, but at the same time, like, I'm the first one to criticize my country and our culture mm-hmm. and our society. So it is what it is. I think you, the more you get to know anywhere, you you get the good
0: and the bad and the, the everything yeah. in between. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we can end uh, this episode on like ideas of what advice we would give to someone who's maybe interested in tapif or or moving abroad. You know, you don't have to go through our program, but I will say I met my best friend and yeah. I learned French and I also I think made it's one friends of the easiest ways like, to get a sponsored visa. It is. If you want to live in France just and find the means to do that, this is the program for you. Like it will, it's not, it's not, the work is not so hard that you'll be like, oh God, what do I do? Like you'll figure it out.
1: And I think you're technically only required to have a B1 in French. And I don't Mm -hmm. think everyone we talked to had a B1. Not really. There That's were a little cruel, people, but I also that I think questioned that... that level of <laughs> proficiency.
0: I also think though, B one. If you're at like an A one, you can be a B one within a year. Like you can, you. It's not that high a level. Like B one yeah. is, you're gonna be okay. So yeah. Um, what advice would you give to someone who is interested in this program or moving to France on a temporary basis? Okay,
1: right away, learn the language. I just made a comment mm-hmm. about not having the right language qualifications but I've been asked by people who have spent a weekend in Paris like oh my gosh I'm in love I want to move here I'm like what do you know about France first of all like Mm -hmm. I think you actually should look into the country that you want to move to and I'm not saying you need to be an expert I'm just saying know it more than a tourist weekend you know you need to understand what you're getting yourself into Mm -hmm. actually take the time to figure out if this is what you want to do because it's a huge commitment and it's scary and really hard and time consuming. The amount of hours I have spent reading French law, figuring out what my rights are, trying to figure out how to get things done that are just natural. You know, like how to interact at a bank, how to pay my phone bill, how to do these things that you just intrinsically grow up learning because you see you see your parents do it. So then you do it. And even yeah. how you answer and talk on telephones like, yeah, you can learn it in class. But it's different, and the way people expect you to behave is different. So that's all the part of moving abroad and adapting and learning different cultures, and that's fun. But it's, it's hard work, so actually think about it. And mm-hmm. I think in France, we've said it before, I'll say it again, just speaking any bit of French or trying is essential. Like, I don't know how people get by without speaking French. I think it would be incredibly difficult. I have a decent level, and I still struggle, you know, because... yeah. It's, it's not easy. So I think that... That's a good one. But if you want to move to Germany, learn a little bit of German. You know, like, I think I think wherever you go, like, try Yeah. to understand what you're getting yourself into and, and actually think about it. But maybe yeah. that's a bit... I'm a planner. I'm a researcher. But I just think it's important because I, I think you can get yourself into situations where you might come off rude or you might actually yeah. live in a country and never attempt to do anything like you could just stay on the surface of i mean it's cliche but like emily in paris like you could just be her the whole time and like did you live in france do you know france
0: (laughs) well and what did you learn from it you know i mean this is seven months of your not to be too esoteric like this is seven months of your life and i got so much out of those seven months like there was so Mm -hmm. much that i could take away and say not only did i improve my french but I found very close friends. I got better direction in what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. And mm-hmm. I got to see a lot of the places that meant a lot to me. And I was just joking with my, uh, my partner that like, when we go to France, we have to go to this place because it's my favorite castle. And he, he just said, hold on, you have a favorite castle, right? Because it, again, it's that thing that you just get used to. But I love that I had those experiences. That was so important for me and my personal growth as a person. So I think the thing that I would say is like, yes, definitely learn the language. That's a huge part of it. The other thing I would say is like, get out there, like do Mm -hmm. as much as possible. It is not going to be possible to travel as much as the people who are like (sighs) rich kids and have come here to spend someone else's money to do whatever they want. It is not going to be possible to do that. But I will say... Uh, in my second year, I went to Scotland. I went to England. Um, in our first year, we went to Copenhagen. We did all of mm-hmm. that on the salary that I had. I broke even. I didn't save yeah. any money, but I broke even over I seven say, it's months. It's really
1: hard. I don't. It's going to be really hard. You. It goes fast. Just living a basic student. I'd say it's a student lifestyle. You know, you're it not is. eating out, but I also think be prepared to be lonely. Like, not in a sad Mm -hmm. way, but, like, I think that's something I gained, too, is the independence and knowing that I accomplished it by myself. I did it by myself. Yeah. But depending on where you're placed, you might not have assistance in your town. You have to meet people. But be prepared to be alone or feel isolated. And I think that's another important reason to put yourself out there, to, you know, send that message and ask someone to get a drink. Like, we wound up being really great friends, you know, but, like, it's scary, I'm an introvert that was outside my comfort zone. Same for me. But I yeah. did. I forced myself to ask to get lunch, to go out to dinner with people. You know, it was one of those things of, I can't believe I went to a bar because a friend of a friend was like, yeah, you need to meet them. And, and it was just, it terrified me because I'm not like, you know, I'm like, oh no. Yeah. But no, and, and, yeah, and put yourself and out also, there because loneliness is real. <laughs>
0: And also, like, part of that is also, like, I'll just say the sad part, which is, like, sometimes you do that and you don't click with the person. It just doesn't really work out. Like, I had that a couple times where everyone was perfectly nice, but we just weren't the same people. We were not similar enough to really... Yeah, like, you never really, like, hung out with them again. And you're like, okay, that's fine. But sometimes, you know, you, you really can miss amazing opportunities if you don't just put yourself out there and really push yourself. Also, get... The if you're in Grand Est, get the like card that gives you fifty percent off during the week and seventy percent off during the weekends for the for the uh the trains. It is a hundred percent worth it, and it like got me to basically every single weekend I went to a town that wasn't mine, and it's really good. It's if you're under twenty five, you can get it. it yeah, costs, I was gonna like, say get any type of
1: card that you can get the youth card with SNCF like. Get the bus pass. It's worth it. I wish I would have because I would have saved a lot of money. 100% agree with you on that.
0: It's so worth it. And it really pushes you to just explore new places. I've seen so many towns in contests just because of that card. I was Mm -hmm. like, it's going to cost me 5 bucks, And it's a Saturday. Like, that's doable. I can Mm -hmm. do that. Definitely. Well, I think overall, the lesson is (laughs)
1: living abroad is fun, exhilarating, but also difficult and scary. And I don't know, I'm really glad that I did it. It changed my life in terms of my friend groups, how I see the world, who I'm spending my time with, where I'm living. It's been a huge, huge shift uh, for me over the last four years, just with seven and a half months in in the Vosges. So overall, I'd recommend it.
0: yeah I would too I would recommend it and I think especially like I was the person who was a little lost after finishing university I didn't know what I wanted to do and um I was very obsessed with Sylvia Plath at the time and thinking about her talking about sitting underneath like a um a tree and watching all the fruit that of of, like the different careers paths that she could choose fall because she couldn't make a decision and I was freaking out about that and I was going like I can't I can't make a decision of what I want to do next. And this is a great placeholder. Like, Mm -hmm. it can really give you the time. It's not nothing. It looks like something. It's international experience. It is work. Like, Mm -hmm. it is not volunteering. It's work. Um, and It's you living abroad. Language skills. But it gives you a little extra time to figure out your shit. And that's what I needed. And... I think I have my shit pretty figured out right now. So, like, it was worth it for me (laughs) to do that. Um, And, but yeah, I think what we always say on this podcast when we're talking about um, French culture in general is just, like, go in with the knowledge that some of what you think will be wrong and learn from that. Like, be open to learning. Because it's Uh, a great experience. Well, to wrap up, how about we do
1: a book suggestion what would what book would you take on the airplane or did you have a book with you on the airplane
0: okay so i had a ridiculous book on the airplane I so did don't too. make it's fun funny. of me <laughs> <laughs> i had a nonfiction book that was about the uh the different republics in france i did not finish it it was really hard but i was going to france and going like I don't know what the heck all of this is. And had I read that book and finished it, I would have been better placed to have conversations that inevitably came up when I was in France. But it was what I was like preparing myself with. I, it, was, um, it was a book I got for like two bucks at a, at a secondhand store. But it was I was really worried about like not knowing the history of France. Which, by the way, again, like, similar to Black Lives Matter and immigration in the United States, people do PhDs on. Like, this is a whole, yeah. s- like, field of study. Uh, you can't learn it immediately. But, yeah, that was, I was very ambitious. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, since you didn't finish it, what would you recommend someone
0: bring? <laughs> um, okay. So, if there was a book I would recommend, it would be A Year in Merde. Because when I got to France, they had this book in the assistants like apartment. And I was like, Oh, it seems cute and it's very sweet. It's a great understanding of an of an outsider's perspective in France. And it helps you get over a couple immediate road roadblocks where you're like, What the heck is this? And like, why is this so different? And why are okay, so people do feel a little cold. Okay, so that's real. Like I'm not crazy. Like oh. and it was it was a really it's a very cute short book, but it's very nice. That is hilarious.
1: I just checked it out from my library. So we'll have to do a review of what you remember from <laughs> your experience and mine four years on. Oh we'll God, have to see how it it changes. <laughs> All I right, so that. here's mine. Because mm-hmm. for the third time, fourth time, I don't even know how many times I've mentioned it. Sitting out to take off, I looked over and there was this cute older couple and he had a book in his hand and it was l'étranger my American like the stranger and I was like everything's gonna be okay the guy sitting next to me has the book that I just wrote my thesis on like I took it as this huge sign I was like I'm where I'm meant to be
0: that's hilarious
1: because I,
0: I oh had like God, a moment of doubt hilarious. I was like what am I
1: doing like why am I sitting on this plane like why am I going to this country like away from my friends away from my family so that was like my book moment could not have asked for a better one on the plane uh uh-uh. <laughs> So if I were to recommend a book, I really liked reading The Bonjour Effect. I thought it was really well done. I actually think it's by Canadian authors. Oh, I think it's a yeah. Canadian husband-wife duo. But it was really well cool. done. It was researched. And it talks about always start with Bonjour. And like that is the golden rule. Always start, no matter what you're doing, what you want, where you are, always start with Bonjour.
0: Yeah. On that note, like this has been a great conversation. We love talking about this. We will link to Tapif and the program in our show notes. Yes. And to
1: any assistants listening, good luck for the year ahead. Yes. I hope you have as a
0: wonderful experience. Yes. Bon courage. A bientôt. A bientôt.